The Start On Demand. On demand. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, I think it's safe to say that yesterday did not go as planned for thousands of Manitobans after the province revealed, you know what, if you're 40 years old, you can now get a vaccine as of right now. And I am grateful today because I got my shot. I got it like two hours after work. I was able to get an appointment for noon. It was so funny because we had we were the ones right here on this show around the eight o'clock hour that revealed that announcement was coming on the AstraZeneca change, and then I decided to go for a walk after the show, and I come back to a picture of you with a fully vaccinated <laughs> photo, and I was like, "What?" I mean, I knew this was coming, but it it turned around quickly, and I think there was part of me that thought maybe the province would give maybe a day leads up lead up for the pharmacies to prepare for others to potentially prepare, but you know. Either way, no matter how it was rolled out, I know, including within my own circle and myself, people were texting back and forth. Did you get it? Try here. Book this yep. book here. Make this phone call if you want. I can help you out. Like everybody was just basically on this mission. At least all us 40 somethings were on a mission to make it happen. Yeah. I'm, no question. Did you have any success, Greg? I have an appointment for Friday. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to all the pharmacists out there who mm-hmm. who obviously pivoted on a dime here. And uh, their phones started ringing off the hook immediately. Uh, the different uh, organizations that have tools online in or- order for you to book this. We've got a text message already this morning from Robert who says, just got my shot last night. Next one in four months. I asked how he was feeling. All good. Oh, yeah. No pain. Nothing except to have a big grin on my face. Mm. So uh, no hesitancy in that 40 uh, to 50, 50 to 60 age group. Brett, I just wanted to ask you, A, have you got some sort of secret uh, connection yeah. that uh, you can set us up with? And how are you feeling this morning? Well, I don't have a connection. I, I got a text from my buddy who he, he sent me the text. As it, I always laugh when when uh, friends send me news updates. Like I don't yes. know. Like, yeah. like hey, did you, <laughs> hey, did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, it's like yes, I know. <laughs> I know that this is happening. But then he texted me like at ten ten, saying he's got his appointment for two o'clock. So I asked him. How did you book it? Because I, I know that it was pharmacies and clinics. So I thought, is this going to be, you, you got to book directly through the pharmacy? And he says, I just called my local pharmacy. They got me in for two o'clock. So I called the shoppers on Osborne and uh, there was no answer. It was just a voicemail or automated system. So then I tried the Safeway on River Avenue and again, automated, but they referred to a website called pharmacyappointments.ca. That's just for Sobeys properties, uh, for Sobeys companies. But I went there. Just punched in my home postal code. It popped up like 17 pharmacies. I clicked on the nearest one, which was the Safeway in Osborne Village, and they had 21 slots open. So by 10.45, I was booked for noon. And uh, I thought, I, I can't believe how quickly this happened. This is not what I had planned for today. And I think that the hardest part, and, I, and I, I'm experiencing some mild side effects. I'll explain those in a second. But the hardest part was at, once I got my shot, I had to sit outside the pharmacy right beside a cabinet full of those Spence Brothers frozen pizzas from Winkler we talked about a couple <laughs> months ago. And, uh, and boxes and boxes of ice cream sandwiches, which is one of my favorite things on the planet. So on the day that I decided I need to eat better. So I was... Well, I a- was- 
I said to you, you have to celebrate. Like, I get it. You still have a sh- second shot coming. All of us who have appointments booked, we have to wait for that second shot before we even think about resumption. But I said that first shot, not only because you got it, Brett, but because you managed to get it so quickly, deserved a bucket of ice cream. Yeah. You had to indulge. Did I, you not? I did not. Oh, I did not. You had a salad, didn't you, at the end of the I day? I did Just have a sad salad. salad. It, was a, it was sad. But I'm kind of <laughs> glad that I didn't overindulge in anything because, like I said, I, I'm experiencing very... Very mild flu-like symptoms today. I'm, I'm foggy. My brain is kind of hazy. I woke up with a chill. I tried to take a really hot shower, but apparently my apartment only wanted to do warm water today. Like, I didn't even have the cold water turned on. Uh, that should have been, like, boiling me, but it wasn't. I'm slightly achy. Uh, I've, I now have just developed a bit of a knot in my stomach, so I feel kind of nauseous. And I had insane dreams. Like, just so vivid, and neither of them, because I woke up halfway through one of them, neither one of them were pleasant like they both involved things on which i feel deep guilt or shame <laughs> so if you the had got the serum too if you had got the shot and had bad dreams let me know at 204-780-6868 it, it could just be though i mean it's such a moment that you you know you were we were what 200,000th in the queue yeah in theory brett and so you know we weren't thinking about this and yeah and then these changes come and then there is just the the checks and balances that you're weighing through that we talked about yesterday like do we have that hesitancy do we have concerns it's such a rare chance of any um side effects and the blood clot issue so so rare so we push that aside then we talked greg about you know just some of the guilt you felt about what about the frontline workers who need to go yes. there's all this stuff going on in your head so it, it, uh, odds are it's got nothing to do necessarily with what's now in your body just like the mental toll of it for so many people there was a lot of people weighing the same thing over and over again on social media yesterday should it be me should i go what do i think when do you go how, and then and then suddenly how on earth do i get this appointment why isn't this happening right? <laughs> yeah it was a lot of shifting of gears for me for sure because i said uh, what i said on the air uh yesterday and then i posted on twitter uh you had shared an article uh what was that what was that uh, very funky type of vocation that we were all wondering a bioethicist it was from yeah, a bioethicist. A bioethicist. yeah and they wrote and to the so new york times I, I and they said that. if you get a chance go for it right 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 and so i shared that with the notion that you know my feelings had always been now that i'm working from home i would sort of sit back and wait for frontline workers to get ahead of me in the queue and i just wanted to know how my followers uh, on twitter who are so many listeners to the program and i got overwhelming just just go do it gmac like just uh just there's no shame in going for it and uh some people were feeling the same way but i, I think the overwhelming response if i was to boil it down is that the quicker everyone gets vaccinated the safer everyone is so you're doing your part uh, by doing uh, something that maybe didn't feel right in the first place by 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 skipping ahead in the line or not standing back. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. So thanks for all the advice. It was fantastic. Greg Mackling, you've connected some dots uh, and made a comparison to the recent Bob Odenkirk film, which was shot in Winnipeg. It's called Nobody, and I paid the 25 bucks to watch it the other night. <laughs> and let me tell you, I enjoyed it very much. And I, like you, Brett, was obsessed with trying to identify the Winnipeg landmarks 
but quickly decided that if I was going to do that through the entire film, I was not going to enjoy it quite as much. So I settled down and, uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe how many people were uh, <clears throat> victimized by nobody in this film. And that's all I'll say about that. But there is uh, one scene, I think you referenced it in your review on the Couch Potatoes with regards to a city bus. And so a city bus has crashed on Main Street. And so I'm wondering if perhaps they were just filming the sequel last night. <laughs> okay, so if you want to see pictures of that crash, uh, you can find them on Greg's Twitter. He retweeted one of our colleagues, uh, Corey Callahan, posting some pictures on that. And just to, to I missed it earlier, Loren, I'm sorry. When did you, you, did you get an appointment booked? Yep. Yep. Got one for next Friday. Okay. Right on. So Mackling's in this Friday, McNabb next Friday. I got mine. And uh, if you got yours yesterday, just let us know how you're feeling today. What kind of symptoms you had? And did you have crazy dreams? Uh, Because one of my buddies uh, said he also had some pretty crazy dreams. So to me, that says it's working. So I'm excited. I am grateful today. And thanks again to all the pharmacists who had to turn on a dime yesterday when the, with that bit of a surprise news, that would have been fun getting that, that call in the morning. Hey, by the way, um, we're opening this up to thousands of more Manitobans. 639, eligibility to receive the vaccine has expanded again. So now anyone aged 54 or older or First Nations people at least 34 years old can book an appointment through the provincial system, which is what I did originally yesterday, only to find out, hey, hey, this is the wrong way to go about this. And the province also opened up eligibility for the AstraZeneca shot yesterday, which, Loren, you have to book directly with your doctor or pharmacist. Yeah, and that is for any Manitoban over 40 with or without underlying conditions. They're now able to get the shot. As Global's Brittany Greenslade explains, it's a change that had many pharmacies struggling to keep up with the demand. What is normally a fairly quiet Monday turned into chaos for many pharmacists, fielding hundreds of calls from Manitobans looking to get their COVID-19 vaccine. It's a very busy day. Um, I'm getting a lot of messages and texts from people saying they can't even put the phone down before it rings again, um, and they can't even make an outbound call at this point. That's that's how much um, the demand and the response from Manitobans has been. AstraZeneca eligibility has been expanded to now include any Manitoban 40 and over. Um, you know that meme where they do this? Yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah, so um, I just went online really quick. The hunt was quick for 47-year-old Krista Vogt, who quickly found an appointment in Steinbach for just hours later. It's just hope and relief. The province received 84,000 doses from the federal government, which were doled out to pharmacists and doctors, with around 55,000 still available. I saw it pretty early on, and I immediately thought, I've seen it, quite a few of the pharmacy signs up saying that... uh, They had shots available, and I said, I'm not waiting. I'm going to call right away. Appointments were quickly snapped up. Phone lines were jammed, and time slots quickly disappeared online. It's welcome news for pharmacist Tim Smith, who says bookings have been slow. The last couple weeks, with having supply but a lack of eligible or willing clients, was very frustrating. Given the third wave that has hit many parts of Canada and possibly is here already, it's increasingly important that we get vaccines into arms. While pharmacists weren't given any advance notice of the changes, Smith says they're ramping up appointments and will go through doses quickly. If all of a sudden it's, you know, zero to 60, given the overwhelming response we're seeing from Manitobans today, I expect that we'll reach top peak capacity very soon. 
and it means fewer doses going unused and more Manitobans getting partially vaccinated. Brittany Greenslade, Global News. So whether it was hesitant or they weren't eligible yet. There was 55,000 AstraZeneca doses sitting there at all these pharmacies. I can't, I'm looking forward to hearing by the end of this week where we're sitting with that and how much of that has been chipped away at. Back in February, it was when Health Canada approved this vaccine. But then, as we all know, at the end of March, our National Advisory Committee on Immunization recommended that we stop giving it to those under 55 until reviews of these rare blood clots that we've been hearing about they're going to release, this committee is going to release more guidelines on their findings today. But as we know, Manitoba, along with Ontario, Alberta, and BC, have all told those over 40 the benefits far outweigh the risks, Brett. Yeah, and it's, uh, I know that there are people, like we had uh, people weighing in on our various polls yesterday. We had somebody reach out to us on Instagram uh, because I asked the question yesterday, are you hesitant to get the vaccine, yes or no? And we had 25% who said yes. And one person sent a, a note, sent a message saying, I am not getting vaccinated. So I just simply replied with why, not because I was looking to pick a fight. I just was curious. And uh, this person pointed to thalidomide and they said, you know, thalidomide was supposed to be a miracle and look at what happened there. And I said, well, thalidomide was made in the 1950s. I think science has evolved just a little bit. And uh, they said, well, we always think we have the latest and greatest. So I'm not getting vaccinated. So, okay, you don't want to get a vaccine. That's great. But I am was overwhelmed with hope Yesterday, when I saw, no matter where I looked on social media, people in our age bracket, Loren, who, like, I didn't, wasn't thinking I'd be getting a vaccine for a month, so to wait, so to suddenly have the opportunity to, A, get one, and B, actually go and get one yesterday, and then see so many of my friends getting the shot, and so many of my friends trying to get a, the shot, and you guys both have your appointments. I, uh, this is the first real sort of blast of hope. Like, when I was walking out of the Safeway yesterday, I, I almost teared up a little bit, because I thought, I know this is just my first shot, but this is the first time where it feels like, okay, you know, we're slowly getting to where we need to be especially because it was just yesterday as well that we learned new restrictions were coming into effect today right changes on some of the gathering guidelines uh, retail spaces will be limited again to capacity starting tomorrow and so as we dial back on some of the restrictions you were at least able to move forward on another front brett which you didn't think you'd be able to do for months right so what a like a mixture of emotions and of course we'll have more on those restrictions at 740 Five And then at 8.35, we're trying to bring on a principal who, when he heard the news about AstraZeneca yesterday, uh, not only made an announcement over the school speakers, but did what he could to make sure teachers could try to get their appointments booked. Because, of course, they were all at work, Greg, and couldn't do that. Yeah, no question about it. Lots of discussions surrounding this. And somebody asked me, why are you so gung-ho about this? I said, well, you know what? There's risks in everything. Uh, my son, one of my sons has had six surgeries He's gone under general anesthetic. There's a percentage of people who never wake up from that. But what kind of father am I if I do not get him the surgery that he needs to have a productive life? There's balance and checks and and decisions that we have to make every single time we get in our car, all sorts of things. I know we got to run here, uh, but uh, I, I guess, Brett, uh, we can say sometimes to each their own.
Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb with that big child care program in the budget. Let's talk child care stories at 204-780-6868. Tell us a story for your chance to win a Santa Lucia pizza gift card. And it can run cover any sort of aspect, really, of child care. Like maybe you have experience taking care of kids. Do you have a funny story to tell? You know, like uh, something you loved as a parent that your kid once did to make you laugh? Or maybe... It's a story from when you were a kid. Maybe you had a favorite babysitter or you got a daycare story or your favorite toy that you used to play with in a child care setting. Did you ever eat Play-Doh at the YMCA? Not that I would know anything about that. Come on. Of course uh, everyone did. No one can say they did. (laughs) The homemade homemade stuff was so salty. It was delightful. It was delicious. Yeah. Thank you, Fortune. You know, you you had the little set and you made like the little French fry Play-Doh and the burger Play-Doh. Yeah. And then you gotta you gotta give it a try. It <laughs> looked so good, Cam. Oh well, yeah, it so good. It really was salty, wasn't it? <laughs> it sure was. Non toxic, non toxic, yes, non toxic. <laughs> so let's go around the horn here. We got Jeff Forte, Jeff Braun, Cam and Portress, and of course Mackling McGarry and McNabb. Cam Portress, you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, I I find. Like, especially the younger years, like when a kid is like between the age of four and six, they are just funny. And maybe that's because I don't have to take care of any of them. Uh, but uh, I, I just find them so like their little mannerisms and, and when they try to act like adults. Uh, like uh, there was a recent story uh, that um, uh, my uh, that I, I heard from a, a member of my family, and she's a, a younger age teacher. And it was a, it was a kid. He was standing in front of a class, and he was giving this big presentation. And uh, and then he farted in front of the class, and he went, "Oh, oh my! Excuse me! I, what did that happen?" And like just those little kid mannerisms, I, I find entertaining. And uh, if I if I wasn't doing what I'm doing right now, I'd probably be teaching elementary school somewhere because I don't know. I find I find young kids so exciting and funny and invigorating and yeah so i i i I love i love little like younger kids and that sort of that age group i find them so entertaining they're honest too right oh yeah just honest bluntness which uh makes me laugh braun what about you well my girlfriend has uh several children and they are they're always saying funny things a lot of the really funny things they say we actually can't say on the radio because uh it's just uh Hilarious misinterpretations with adult words. But one time, a couple of years ago, we were going to, uh, Kim and I were going to the Cirque du Soleil thing under the big tent that they had here. And we're just about out the door. And uh, her son, who was, I think, probably eight or nine at the time, said, Have fun at Circus Ballet. <laughs> <laughs> and, we're, and, we're, and I was about to correct him, well, it's Cirque du Soleil. But then I was like, You know what? It really sort of is Circus Ballet. That, that, <laughs> yeah. That's actually a good title for it. <laughs> yeah, it's apropos. That you're right. Yeah. And that, that particular show, if it was just the one from a couple years back, yeah, that one was super elegant. So uh, great. Circus Ballet. Hopefully we'll be able to see that again one day. Forte, what about you? Mine's actually just a shout-out to uh, my old daycare, uh, Razorback Blast. Down in great North, name. North Kildonan. Yeah, it was it's such a great place to grow up. And you know what? They teach you a lot, and they let you do a lot what you want to do. For example, uh, we were supposed to be doing air band stuff, you know, where you pretend to play the guitar or play the drums. Well, I actually went in and brought my actual drum kit in when I was 10 years old. So that was so much fun. And they used to do Christmas concerts, and I would actually do all the audio for it. Like, I would bring in, I had a little karaoke machine with a microphone stand and a microphone. Wow. I used to bring that in. I used to do all the audio. And look where I am now, you know? <laughs> it just shows that cool they... Cool is that? They were so influential on me. It's... uh. Great. Razorback Blast. Razorback Blast. Right on. That's so neat, man. That is outstanding stuff. Uh, Loren, what about you? 
Well, I'd like to, a, like, like Fortier said, give a shout out to the daycare workers, first of all, because they do such amazing work at crazy hours. And we even had one, our first daycare worker offered when our kid was barely one. If you don't mind, I'm going to start potty training him so that he just does it with the other kids and they are all doing it at the same time and they all have fun together. And I was like, go for it. And man, that kid was trained so quickly that I'd like to hire her out. I was so thrilled with it. But then speaking of potties, we had a bit of a potty mouth situation. And I'd like to know from daycare workers, the stories that they hear from these kids, like what they must think goes on in certain homes. I remember dropping one of my sons off at daycare saying, just so you know, he's learned to say the word fire truck, but it might sound like something else. (laughs) And, uh, you know, just start with the beginning of fire. And I pick him up at the end of the day and she's like, just so you know, what he's saying is not fire truck. It is flat out the F word. <laughs> like, okay. Well, I was trying to sell it to myself and he was like, fire truck, fire truck. But no, he may have overheard mom. May have picked up the wrong language. And Mackling, what about you? Oh, boy. Uh, So many great memories, especially for my kids. Uh, Jackie and I were talking the other day about the house that they used to go. They used to go to a place in Valley Gardens. And I'll just uh, mention Irina by her first name. She just nurtured our kids so wonderfully. And uh, we always joked uh, she was she was from another country. And so the boys would kiss one another like they would rub noses and they would call it a sasso. And so we just assumed that it was in Irina's native language. And so we asked her about it one day. She says, I have no idea what that word means. And it was something that the boys had created themselves and named themselves. And it was one of their little secret secret twin languages uh, that uh, they had developed. But uh, just wonderful, All a shout out to all the wonderful people who have in-home daycares that nurture our kids. It's, uh, it's a special gift that they have. And big uh, shout out as well to my sister who works at a daycare. And I know the last year or so has not been easy for daycare workers during this pandemic. Mackling, McGarry and McNabb text message from Shauna on child care. Being on the child care field for 25 years, there are so many, many stories. One that I tell a lot is I had a group of preschoolers. One little guy very rarely spoke louder than a whisper. So we were playing in the kitchen area that had a little tykes washing machine. He had put a doll in the washer, so I asked him if he was washing his baby. And in his little whispery voice, he said, no. <laughs> I'm cooking it. I'm cooking it. That's what you have to read it like. I can't do that. (laughs) Ah, dynamite. That's great. Kids. And I also see uh, who flagged this text from Barb. Yeah, Barb says, I was an ECE back in the 90s. Every morning we would have circle time and do some stretching and exercise. Then I would talk about the day. One day I was telling them what we were having for lunch. Grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup. Well, one little boy was very disappointed and displeased and kept telling me, it's not fair. It's not fair. I asked, why are you so upset about lunch? He replies, we always have girl cheese sandwiches and never boy (laughs) cheese sandwiches. Out of the mouths of babes. So keep texting us, 204-780-6868. Your child care stories for a chance to win a $20 gift card for Santa Lucia Pizza. Could be a story from when you were a kid, or it could be a story from 
when you're an adult taking after kids, or maybe when you were a babysitter, like when you were a teenager babysitting the kids down the street or something. Tell us a story, 204-780-6868. In the meantime, does this fall under the category, do we really need to worry about this already? I think it does. Yesterday on Twitter, at FitCityJordan posted a picture of his beautiful dog, his handsome face, and two pictures of a creature which Manitobans who love the outdoors live with, and most of us detest. Jordan wondered out loud, Loren, if it makes sense to see wood ticks. Yeah, is it too early or is it normal? Or are we seeing them more early year after year? Mother Nature, her many creatures are on their own timetable as we know. I, had, I saw someone tweet yesterday, I can take snow, I can take mosquitoes, I can't take both on the same day. So obviously they had seen a mosquito <laughs> in their neck of the woods, right? And of course we have a guest in our stable of experts who is our go-to on questions like ticks and other pests and their habits. We're joined now by Taz Stewart, Director of Technical Operations at Poolins Pest Control. Good morning, Taz. Good morning, you all. You guys are quite hilarious this morning. I'm cooking that little doll. That's awesome. <laughs> and she went on to say that he was her favorite kid. He's the sweetest little boy. So kids just say funny things, Taz. And one of the things they might point out is kids are okay with buds, bugs, but as you get older, I know I was increasingly not. And now we're talking about ticks, even though we just had that snowfall. Is this a thing already? Are we seeing them earlier than usual? Well, the ticks that are out there right now are normally known as the black-legged ticks, the, the tick that's commonly associated with Lyme disease. And they are literally active from snow melt to snowfall. So they've been slowed down a little bit, but they've been out since the snow melted. Oh, wonderful. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> we do love speaking to you, Dad. So please don't take our sidebar comments too personally. It's it's our detest for these insects that you know so much about. So are there any hints? I think sometimes we're looking when the geese come and when the ducks fly in. Oh, this is officially spring. Are there hints or any abnormal activity of certain creatures which might help predict like a more active season for any one of said insects or pests? Well, let's play with ticks first. Um, most people usually notice the adult stage of the tick, usually in that uh, late May through June. So the, the common wood tick or dog tick that people see. And that's the one with the nice little white little stripes or the little white necklace. That's the difference between the male and the female tick. But the black-legged ticks, very distinctive black legs with the black dot. And they're very, very tiny this time of year, too. Um, size of a, uh, a pepper seed would be a, a good comparable uh, for it but uh, they also go into that adult stage in that uh, may june time period and then lay their eggs those eggs then become a, a larva that larva then feeds on a, a small rodent that rodent then uh, carries it around drops it off somewhere else it molts goes into the uh nymphal stages cut, feeds on larger uh rodent, rodents usually and then hey you got the cycle going in takes anywhere from a year or two to go from egg to adult and then you're off to the races and those females lay sometimes thousands of eggs so you have very localized hot spots so when people are out there getting out once it does warm up later in the week um, stay in the pass you don't want to be going into the grassy areas areas uh, edges tree lines that's where ticks like to quest and that's where they hang out with their arms their, no their noses on their end of their front arms and they, when you walk by they latch on crawl up into your nether regions so you need to be checking everywhere when you go outside and back into the house well, that's great because uh, off of the path is typically where I spend most of my time uh, when I go golfing, Taz, uh, because I'm looking for <laughs> Me my... Too. Yeah. So what advice do you have for us then in terms of making sure that our homes and yards are less attractive, attractive to bugs and rodents? 
Okay. Um, well, if we talk about bugs in general, if we talk about ticks, again, short grass, uh, keeping your edges, you can buy products, registered products off the shelf to treat your backyard or bring in a, pe- a professional pest control company like ourselves and we can reduce the incidence of ticks. If you look at mosquitoes, hey, they're, they're out there. They're in the water right now. Even though it's cold, they just slow down. Um, getting rid of those water bodies, water sites, draining, dumping, uh, filling, <laughs> The, the whole the whole gambit of fun to reduce mosquitoes in your backyard. Um, of course, personal protection. Don't be going out when they're most active. Uh, for mosquitoes, you know, dusk and dawn, that's not happening today by any stretch of imagination. But ticks, any time during the day. Uh, during the evening, not at highest risk, but, you know, do the geek look, pull your socks over your pants. I know, you, you guys know I don't wear socks, but um, <laughs> covering it, spraying your your, your legs with DEET. Um, and again, that inspection is key. Now, if we're talking about rodents, there's lots of rodents out there this year, too. Uh, over the winter, we've been seeing lots and lots of calls on them. And the exclusion, filling in those holes, size of a pencil is for a mouse to get into your house. Uh, putting out the devices, uh, bait stations and or mechanical devices. It's just, just the key. Just don't let them in. Yeah, mice can get a lot of places you don't want them to. And you mentioned tech, ticks getting into different parts of your body. Uh, 30 seconds, Taz. You know, I'm looking at the surveillance map for ticks in Manitoba. It used to be you'd see them along the Red River Valley, uh, closer in and around Winnipeg. But the ticks are everywhere now, even sightings north of Swan River. So are they just spreading further and further into Manitoba bush? And we all need to be paying attention to this? You betcha. You're 100% correct. Uh, when I first moved here in 2004, um, ticks, black-legged ticks, were mostly in the southeast corner. Now they're literally everything south of the tree line, and you're getting sightings into the tree line area. So, yes, you need to be aware that they could be anywhere. Taz Stewart, Director of Technical Operations at Poolins Pest Control, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Taz, always a pleasure, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. I got my vaccine yesterday, and we want to know, did you take advantage of the expanded vaccine eligibility? That's our question of the day at cjob.com. It's brought to you by Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace, 204-832-6243. So far, we've got 19% who say, I booked an appointment. 16% say, yes, I got the shot. 16% say, couldn't get an appointment. 14% still not eligible. 11% haven't tried yet. And 24% not getting vaccinated. Cast your vote, cjob.com. We've put it on Twitter as well, at 680CJOB, or a modified version on our 680CJOB Instagram. We'd love for you to follow us there. Also, uh, some breaking news from Ottawa uh, regarding Canadian National Railway. They are making a rival takeover offer for Kansas City Southern in a cash and stock bid value. Mm. At 33.7 billion US, topping the proposal made by Canadian Pacific Railway, which is valued at 25 billion US. So it's a lot of dough. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, that magnifies the importance of that route and connecting. We spoke with Barry Prentice of the University of Manitoba that would create the, the first uh, umbrella company to own railway all the way from Mexico through the United States and into Canada. So clearly a big deal. And now both Canadian major 
railways want a piece of that action. So boy, oh boy, I wonder how high the price gets after all. It's like Victor Newman and Jack Abbott uh, going after the same entity here. They keep bidding each other up. Yes. Exactly. That is exactly the comparison. Isn't there, that I what think. came to your mind first and foremost? Well, Ryan? whenever I hear rival takeover, I do, I do think of those corporate rooms and what's going on of someone sitting in the other room rubbing their mustache thinking, that does look like a good deal. I should get in on that. And so, that yeah. Abbott, take that company away from me. That's uh, cross-border rail travel, of course, with the line going south. And, and we're waiting this morning to hear some news at 11 o'clock about all our truckers who've been crossing the border into the states over the past year in this pandemic. The province, the premier, getting set to announce something alongside the governor of North Dakota. Uh, it, the note is about truckers and vaccines. And the topic, they say, is essential worker cross-border vaccination initiatives. So does this mean truckers going into the states can now qualify to get the vaccine in the States, if one is available? Are we doing the same in reverse? How does this work? Either way, sounds like there might be some good news on the vaccine front for truckers coming at 11 o'clock today. In the meantime, it is, you know, I'm still hung up on that Victor Newman thing. I'm just picturing some CPR executive uh, looking across the table saying, you devious man, I want you to pack your things and I want you to get out. So, (laughs) classic. Just don't throw a chair through the window. <laughs> All right, Forte, Tuesday, 739. Uh, what time is it? It's breakfast with the Bombers time, brought to you by the Cooperators. Find an advisor at cooperators.ca, a better place for you. And this morning on Breakfast with the Bombers, we want to speak with a proud Winnipegger with one of the coolest jobs anywhere. Yeah, it's a great title, known as the Keeper of the Cup, which, of course, is the Great Cup in this case. He has also written a children's book we want to tell you about because it's inspired by stories told to him by his father. Our guest, Dad Glenn, won the Grey Cup with Edmonton in 1954 and had his career cut short due to serious neck injury as a member of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in 56, Greg. Glenn McWinnie Park lives at the intersection of Roach Street and Linden Avenue here in the northeast corner of the city. Glenn's son, Jeff, joins us now. Good morning, Jeff McWinnie. Good morning, folks. Always great to speak with you, my friend. There are some things which are so coincidental and almost unreal. They're too perfect to even have been made up. Jeff, please tell us what your dad's nickname was. Was a keeper. Off a, and uh, your job is keeper my of the My designation is the keeper of the Grey Cup. Yes. Unbelievable. So fantastic. Hey, uh, Jeff, you and I have had an opportunity to visit over the years, and your dad has had such a powerful impact on your life. And the book you've created is entitled Not Without My Teammates. What's the focus of the story in the book? See, in 2007, it was five years after my dad was given a, a cancer sentence of multiple myeloma. And 2007, we thought, what are we going to do to you know, bring this guy's uh, spirit back up? So came up with the idea uh, bringing the Grey Cup to the house. So we had a, an event, redid his jerseys, and it was a pretty, pretty cool event. Um, we, we were in the, in the kitchen. Everyone was outside. It was my dad, Bob Morreale, who was the trustee of the cup at the time. And Bob just looked at my dad and said, Keeper, would you like to drink out of the cup one more time? And he responded, not without my teammates. And it just spurred something in me, and I went, you know, it kept, kept me thinking. And then when I got the designation of the keeper of the cup, I kept seeing some pretty inspiring um, things that were happening to me with children uh, that have experienced the cup, with adults that have experienced the cup, whether they're blind, whether they, they were up, coming up in wheelchairs. 
it just made me think that you know there there my dad had something you know with that statement it was it was not without my teammates we can't do it without without each other hmm. you get a chance to hear these stories because you are the keeper of the cup you hear from so many canadians about the special uh connection to the CFL but i think that also makes you then a keeper of CFL history so why are these stories so special and need to be shared you know you look back in the 1950s where these guys you know, we're looking at some of the characters that I featured and brought them back into a child version um, and brought them to Dateline 1950 from, from 70 years of, of these characters, whether there's Cal Jones, who was a teammate of my dad's, uh, African-American fellow, came from Iowa, was killed in a plane crash in 1956, but was my dad's roommate and teammate that year with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Jackie Parker, teammate and, and also a roommate in, in 54 with my dad. Uh, Normie Kwong, roommate, teammate. And then we, we really move into the, uh, the 60s and 70s and 80s was using Jed and Jay Roberts, indigenous, uh, indigenous players, both Grey Cup champions. And we, we finish off with uh, Winnipeg's own Dana Spiring. And almost the, uh, you know, it was just a, a really cool thing to put these guys together and realizing back in 1950, it was extremely difficult uh, to get over those hurdles because they had racial and and uh, color lines that they had to cross, and it for most people it was very hard. But these guys made it very easy because years later, phone calls would be happening, and uh, you know, in my household, and I say, "Hey, Dad, it's Mr. Parker on the phone," and you know, they'd finish off the conversation, "I love you." That that told me something about what they did to to pioneer this, this great league and change the direction of what we thought about racial and religious lines uh, in the locker room, not without my teammates. Typically, books are written and sent to bookstores for consumers to purchase. What are you doing with these books? These books are going to be given away. Uh, there'll be uh, 3,000 made, and we're going to go into high-risk schools, ch- children's hospitals, and we're going to give this gift back because that was the gift that was given to my dad through his teammates, the gift that was given to me by my dad and also inspired by Jed and Jay and Dana and many others, you know, but you know, that you only make like we, we chose the number six simply because that was what we did as children. We played with six people. Could have been three on three, could have been six on six, but that's, we, there's a lot of Easter eggs in this, uh, this book, all yes, these hidden uh, Easter eggs. Jeff, uh, we're going to let you go right away, but you can't get off the phone without sharing with our listeners this morning what you shared with me yesterday. A little bit of the the prose from the book. It's got some uh, wonderful messaging in uh, terrific rhyming. Uh, How do you feel about sharing that with us today? I have no problem doing that. Um, I'd be honored to do so um, in remembering everybody and also, you know, respecting Dana and Jed that are still with us. Um, So, we cascade into the, we go through one, two, three, four, five, and six, and once we have six players on it, I'm not going to tell you the first part, but this is how it ends. It says, now there are six friends, and that's enough for a game. These kids are all special, and they're not all the same. They huddle in friendship. They know what the secret is. Their team is stronger because of their differences. If you're feeling great or you're feeling low, if you're running fast or you're running slow, <clears throat> this is... Uh, we're better together each day more than ever. So let the game begin for now and forever. But not without my teammates, we proudly shout, because playing together is what fun is all about. So that's where the story begins again, because we have to pass it on to the generation that's coming forth. 
Jeff McWinney, thank you so much for joining us this morning on The Start, the Keeper of the Cup. Uh, this book sounds wonderful. We appreciate the time that you've taken to tell us about it. Okay, thanks very much, very much for, uh, for everything, guys. You do a great job. Thank you. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us on The Start. Yesterday, of course, was a day of surprise for thousands of Manitobans, both Manitobans looking to get the vaccine and for Manitobans delivering said vaccine because the province announced yesterday just around 10 o'clock that Manitobans 40 and up with no Conditions, doesn't matter if you have conditions or not, are eligible for the AstraZeneca vaccine at pharmacists, at pharmacies and clinics. And I was able to get an appointment by noon. Uh, so I have the vaccine in me, the first dose. Hans Epp is a pharmacist and the owner of the Shoppers Drug Mart in Steinbach and joins us now live on 680 CJOB. Hans, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. What a beautiful morning it is. Well, it, I, I am so grateful this morning, uh, but this was a zero to 100 kilometers an hour initiative. Uh, how, did you get, how did you get the news yesterday that this was happening? Yeah, as it often happens, the news comes to us first from one of our patients. Someone tells us, oh, can I get the COVID vaccine? I'd like to make an appointment. And we ask some questions and think that they're not eligible, and then they are. So uh, the, a patient called us, said that it was 40 and over. A couple of quick things happened after that. Uh, being on shift and, and live in store, we don't always get a chance to monitor emails, but there was an email that came from Manitoba Health that also stated that. And then when you went online to check the eligibility for Manitobans at the medical clinics and pharmacies, that also got updated immediately too. So that all happened probably within a few minutes, and then... Uh, as you were stating, everything else happened. Um, everything that kind of made our day a little bit more complex than what it probably would have been. So Who answers hands- the phone? <laughs> How many phone calls did you get? Ooh, well, I would say hundreds within the first couple of hours. So basically, every line in our store was ringing. Everything was being directed to the pharmacy. Uh, the pharmacy team was just amazing with their patients, just fielding every call. Of course, uh, what we were sensing was excitement from the public. Um, I surely didn't expect that we would see a 40-plus with no conditions, especially what we've been working through over the last number of weeks, almost a month. And uh, so this blew me away as well. But what I kind of find out, re- like, or found out really early on is uh, if you thought that there was vaccine hesitancy in this group of 40-plus, I would say not from what we saw yesterday. It was unbelievable. So within a couple of hours, we basically filled all of our uh, like available spots that we still had. And, of course, the calls continue to come and, and will start coming today as well. So, uh, unfortunately, we're booked up for our current allotment and, of course, waiting to see and hear when maybe our next allotment will be. But it was just uh, amazing, just the volume of calls. Let's dissect that a bit, Hans, because we had been hearing that there was some hesitancy among some people. So I'm curious, how many doses did you have sitting there up until yesterday morning, appointments available, and how many phone calls were you getting last week to book those appointments versus what you saw yesterday like there, there had to have been you, your phone wasn't ringing off the hook a week ago 
No, when uh, when we turned on our availability last week, we had received 150 doses for our current allotment. Uh, we were definitely filling up, but we were only booked basically as of full day yesterday, still waiting for some more appointments to be booked for today and the rest of this week and even into early next week based on how we were planning our daily vaccinations and uh, so yeah it, it it like it just was night and day um so as soon as that announcement was made um yeah we could fill it up within a couple of hours uh, when this started last week with our second allotment that we received we also were putting a lot of effort in calling patients um, identifying people in store when we're dealing with them that they would be eligible based on their health status or if they were 65 plus and uh, we're having difficulties going to the pop-up uh, clinics or the super sites, they were eligible as well. So this just totally changed the game. And uh, yeah, it, it just really it just really energized us uh, that we're actually making a, a, a huge difference and with uh, excited people to get these needles in their arms. How long would you say that your, your allotment now is booked up? Uh, the allotment that you had, how long could it have sat in the shelf? Like, does it have an expiry? It does. Um, ours expires at the end of June, but the more crucial expiry is when you puncture one of the vials, the AstraZeneca vials, they're good for 48 hours in the fridge and only six hours if it would be kept out of the fridge. So whenever we start um, puncturing a vial, we always want to make sure we do have groups of 10, uh, especially within a 48-hour time frame. That really hasn't been an issue. We've been managing usually about 20 per day because we kind of balance it out with our other workload. Uh, I think either Dr. Rustin or uh, Dr. Reimer once mentioned that pharmacies are active all the time. So this is over and above what we always do. So uh, we can't always do hundreds of shots in a day, but we definitely plan it with our workload and our uh, pharmacist availability. So, um, yeah, we usually do it in groupings of 10, um, and we've um, usually done up to 20 per day, although we could do more as well, especially with uh, resources put to that. So that's kind of the limiting factor, is we always want to make sure that it's in 10s, and we ensure no wastage, which we've been 100% with that to date. That's incredible because uh, we know that uh, I think it's WHO guidelines, 5% uh, wastage for a program like this is quote unquote acceptable with regard to their guidelines. So to have zero at this point, Hans, is obviously uh, terrific. So when will you find out if and, and when you're going to get another allotment and how much that will be? How does that information flow to you? Well, that sometimes seems to be a bit of a mystery is uh, sometimes we've received an email ahead of time with uh, notice of that. Our last allotment came um, totally unannounced, although some other stores did receive some notification of it. Um, so basically, when it arrives, we get prepared to start utilizing that. Uh, about a week ago, they were um, cautioning us that there could be some delays in AstraZeneca vaccine arriving to the province uh, and that kind of put me into a perspective that I didn't think I was going to get more at the time and all of a sudden these 150 showed up. So uh, we're kind of at the mercy of, of how Manitoba is receiving the vaccine, uh, how it's distributed by the uh, federal government. So we, we're always on a wait and see. Hopefully we will get some notice so we can prepare for that but we'll also jump to the pump as we say uh, if we need to uh, as soon as it arrives. Hans, before we let you go, uh, when it comes to booking appointments with shoppers, is there a uh, spot people can go online so they're not uh, badgering you on the phone or is the best way over the phone? 
Yeah, absolutely. Two places to check. So the vaccine finder uh, with the Manitoba COVID site uh, shows which sites are scheduling. Ours currently now is turned off because we're totally booked up. But Shoppers Drug Mart does have a site. It's at shoppersdrugmart.ca forward slash COVID-19. And it can uh, go through what the eligibility is currently for the province of Manitoba. And you can actually select a store, even a group of stores, and get notification when vaccine becomes available. So that's a great way to do it. And, and that does lessen the number of calls that come into our stores. Hans App, pharmacist and the owner of the Shoppers Drug Mart in Steinbach, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Hans, thank you for this and thanks for everything you guys did yesterday. I know it was busy, but a lot of thousands of Manitobans are happier uh, today and this week. So we appreciate it. Oh, it is our pleasure. Thank you very much. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Make sure you keep your text messages coming at 204-780-6868 on child care stories. Lots of hilarious stories. We'll share some more of those before 9.15 when we give away the $20 gift card for Santa Lucia Pizza. But in the meantime... We want to talk more about the vaccine shift that happened yesterday. I got my vaccine. Mackling and McNabb have their vaccine appointments, our first doses at least. And there are still doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine available at many pharmacies across this province. But as we just heard last half hour from one pharmacist, they are going fast, if not already gone. Yeah, Hans and Steinbeck couldn't keep up with the calls yesterday in the sense that the appointments, they're, they're full up. So it was nice to hear that there was that pickup right across this province because it was just around this time yesterday, guys, that we learned Manitoba was going to change the rules and lower the eligibility to any Manitoban over 40. And of course, that was great news for many who've been waiting for their turn, so to speak, to get this vaccine. But on the other hand, we know it was challenging for those who learned about the rule changes while at work, people who may not have had time to access their computers or phones to book those appointments, Greg. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to have a couple of people trying to book an appointment for me. And uh, once I got off the air and and, st- and was finished doing some other things, I said, I got it from here. Thanks so much for looking out for me. And, and so for many of us, and in many cases, uh, people who are having to work, unlike us, frontline workers, grocery store staff, truckers, or teachers. So when the news hit that Manitobans could start booking the AstraZeneca vaccine, our next guest decided to act. Scott Shire is the principal at Maples Collegiate in the Seven Oaks School Division and a grade 9 to 12 art teacher, Stacy Abramson. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, Scott, uh, I, I uh, want to say hello to you. Are you the same Scott that went to River Heights School back in the day? No, I'm not. A different Scott Shire. Okay, different I was going to thank you for being a, a nice guy back in the day. But what was your immediate reaction when you, when you heard yesterday that uh, the, the, the AstraZeneca vaccine was going to be made available to those of us uh, 40 and older? Well, I was really excited. You know, it's our first step to normalcy, especially in education. Um, Our staff have been exceptional since March. And I just wanted to get the word out as quick as possible. I was like a little kid again. So, Scott, what did you do? Uh, Like, what steps did you take to help out your uh, your staff? I was actually covering classes. (laughs) So um, the first step I took is I stepped outside the class and just kind of shared with other teachers that were there right away. And then I kind of ran down to the main office. Uh, we have a huge footprint here. So I got on the P 
PA and just interrupted classes and just let teachers know that more or less they had our permission. Um, but also, uh, we sent out a link to a phone number of a pharmacy that's close by that I knew was taking appointments already. And then one of our staff sent out the link to the online booking as well. So our teachers all have phones in their classrooms and they have computers. So we wanted to, our admin team wanted to make sure that they had the opportunity to, to stop and pause and uh, get themselves a, an appointment. Well, there were so many people, Scott, thinking of teachers yesterday, which is why when we read the tweets from uh, different Manitobans talking about how teachers were reacting, and particularly at your school at Maples Collegiate, it, I think it warmed the hearts of many. And, and Stacy, uh, who is our grade 9 to 12 art teacher at Maples, what was your reaction? Did you hear that announcement or did Scott come running into the room or how did it work for you? <laughs> Uh, well, I heard the announcement, and I actually got a couple texts from uh, admin as well, which was lovely to hear. But um, uh, it was great because uh, I was actually in the middle of the lesson, and my students heard the announcement, and they all turned and looked at me, and they know I'm very open with the fact that I live with multiple sclerosis and have for the past two years. Um, and so they've been rooting for me to get a vaccine, as well, along with all the other teachers. So the minute it happened, they cheered, and it was a pretty beautiful thing. And you could feel the shift in the school um, when we knew that, you know, the majority of our the teachers here were able to feel a bit safer, right, and, and not spread the virus and protect themselves and their families and the people we care for every day at the school. So it was a really beautiful feeling that's kind of carried over to today, and I, I go today at one thirty, so I'm pretty stoked about that. That was my next question. Do you qualify, and did you get your appointment? Yes, I did. I I got an appointment right away, um, and uh, it was yeah, it was pretty thrilling. As did my husband, and um, so yeah, it was. I didn't. I wasn't sure how quick it was going to happen. So to know that it was, you know, immediate the next day is a pretty. It's surreal, right? To have these hopes now of what the future can look like, and and how what coming into work is going to feel like, and you know, and and it's it's a really great place to be that extra level of protection and we have to keep it all in perspective. And I hate doing the qualifier, right? A couple of weeks before this actually starts doing what it's supposed to do. And the whole idea that uh, this is just one of two doses and we don't know when we're going to get that second dose. But I think Stacy would jumped out for me. You said you live with multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of our listeners would be surprised that you wouldn't have been eligible for a vaccine earlier. Is that the case? You didn't qualify? Isn't, isn't, that, uh, isn't that shocking? You know, as a public school teacher uh, with MS, you would think that, you know, the government might prioritize that in addition to, you know, all people working in schools. But, um, yeah, it was not, you know, and I had this conversation with Scott as well. He could not believe that I hadn't been prioritized. But, no, people living with MS are on priority list number two, and because I'm 40 years old, I didn't qualify. And despite the fact that I'm Métis, you know, that uh, the government's not recognizing Métis and Inuit people as First Nations people right now either, right, in terms of the, the age qualification. So it's a complicated and heartbreaking situation, um, but I'm, I'm very happy that it's happening now. Um, but, you know, it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't a priority for educators. It was a priority for age, right? Like, I think we need to keep that in mind. And um, we're just very lucky that uh, we were able to jump when we did. So... Um, but yeah, who who would have thought that I, I assumed and I mean foolishly that, you know, having the condition I do, I, I would have been on the priority list. But no, Scott, what's the, the mood in schools overall these days with the constant up and down? 
Uh, I think it's uh, we're really worried about uh, closing down again. Like that's kind of the rumors and things like that. Like our students need to be in school. We know that, um, and uh, we're just you know we want we want to make sure that that everyone's safe, especially our community. Seven Oaks is a high priority area and uh you know our kids are kids and we have to continually educate and and remind them because they're you know they're tired of this as well yeah i bet and you know again for our listeners you're speaking to scott shire principal at maples collegiate in the seven oaks school division and and teacher stacy abrams and and you mentioned scott you went in you made an announcement over the pa your class heard that stacy and and you, you mentioned that they cheered because they were so aware of the situation and that tells you how just how much our kids, whether we try to keep it from them or not, COVID is so top of mind, Stacey. Absolutely. And I mean, the kids are, you know, we don't hold back. That's one of the beauties of teaching art, right? You can teach all kinds of subjects through art and and all kinds of of thinking through art. And, you know, we've been very honest the whole year. I do mental health check-ins with my students every Friday to see where they're at, what they're thinking about, how safe they're feeling. Um, And so they're very, you know, cognizant of, of what this means for them, what this means for their school. You know, we've been, Maples and all the schools have been doing such a great job, everybody in the school, of making sure these kids are taken care of and safe, you know, from our, our what now is our everyday regular disinfecting schedule, right, which seemed so foreign at the start, um, is now something that we do and is just something we make sure that we're taking care of kids in every level from safety with uh, supplies to safety of their own well-being, right? So they're very aware of it. And I think that there was just this kind of collective sigh of relief and excitement. Like you could feel it. Like it was just, you know, because it's, it's difficult, right? We were all feeling all of these different emotions during this time in a pandemic. And to feel everybody walking through the halls just with smiles under their mask you could tell right like because we're you know we're gonna we're gonna get there and and the kids see that and they feel that 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 becomes an energy in the room right and in the school stacy you mentioned you're doing these mental health wellness check-ins with your kids how are how do you think they're doing overall well they ebb and flow like adults right they they have days where maybe they they read a news article that freaked them out a bit or uh, maybe, you know, one of their family members uh, tested positive or maybe they're just exhausted from, you know, restrictions. But they're, they're, they're getting by and they're understanding that, you know, there's an end in sight. And I think any little step that they see happening um, within their community for, um, you know, f- for example, the, the vaccine, right, they, that becomes, uh, you know, uh, a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but they, they are, they struggle and it's, it's been interesting to see because I've been doing these check-ins since September, uh, with all of my classes and to see what day, what weeks, you know, kind of hit them more and, and, uh, you know, it's not mandatory, but they, I want them to know that I, I'm caring and, you know, we want to make sure they're okay. But yeah, it, it, it varies the same as us. You know, you have those days where you wake up and you're like, man, COVID really? And then the next day you're like, okay, we can do this. So. Scott Shire, the principal at Maples Collegiate in the Seven Oaks School Division and grade 9 to 12 art teacher Stacey Abramson joining us live on 680 CJOB. Scott, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having us. And Stacey, thank you for joining us as well. Very much appreciated. Thank you.
Tackling McGarry and McNabb, exciting stuff we're about to introduce to you, but I just got to read this text from John B., who also sent a cute story about childcare stuff, the funny things kids say. Our three-year-old daughter was a few weeks into her new Montessori and was loving it. They had their own kitchen, so always provided full lunches. For about three or four weeks, she kept asking for chicken on a stick, just like at school. We had no idea what that was until we finally asked the staff. They all started laughing as they explained it was just simply shake-and-bake chicken drumsticks. Fourteen years later, we still refer to it as chicken on a stick. How about you pass me a piece of that chicken on a stick, Loren? What is a Montessori? what it is. Oh, it's just a different kind of daycare, and it has a different... To be honest, I, I don't know exactly what would be the difference between a licensed daycare and a Montessori. Montessori is a certain type of curriculum that might be attached to the school, and so the teachers might have a different kind of training and education and all the rest. And so there's a few of them throughout the city. And sometimes they cost more than your typical daycare. Sometimes they do the pre-kindergarten for you, so you're not, you know, if your kid's not able or, or is ready to do kind of classes but not age ready for kindergarten you can have them kind of ramped up that way but i i shouldn't uh, be commenting any further because i'm sure there's someone out there saying that's not it at all but yeah it's a a different kind of program that's called that attaches to the montessori method okay Uh, method of teaching i guess well and it sounds just has a cool name so i dig it uh even during tough times it's important to give back and we believe no one does that better than manitobans yeah Yeah, helping others in their sorry loren Nope, go ahead. Do you want to go? Nope. That's okay. (laughs) Helping others in their time of need is what we do best. Helping others get ahead is what keeps many of us going. This week, the Red River Exhibition Foundation has announced it will be giving three new bursaries as part of its scholarship program to young Manitobans. The Kinsman Club of Winnipeg Community Leadership Award, the Kinsman Club of Winnipeg Trade Bursary, and the Kathy Kennedy bursary. We are so pleased to welcome this morning KK. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, sir. How are you? I think we're all very well. I'll speak on behalf of the crew here. And Raj <laughs> Fangura. Good morning, Raj. How are you this morning? Longtime Kinsman Club member and chairperson for the Kinsman Jackpot Bingo. <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're doing great. Hey, Raj, let's start with the work the Kinsman Club does. People love the bingo because they love to win. But let's ask and answer the question, where does the money go? Oh, it goes to so many places in Manitoba. I can't. It's just such a huge list. Uh, I mean, we're giving to just dozens of different causes every couple of weeks. Um, so, I mean, you see it on our show that uh, we have, you know, $1 per card committed to just one uh, cause uh, that week, but then we also have meetings with our Kinsman Club where we start donating as well every couple of weeks. So it's it's just uh, it's crazy. It's just throughout Manitoba, just tons of Manitoba causes. Yeah, a lot of the money goes to so many good things, Raj and, and KK. I'm curious, just you know, people do as we mentioned, love to win. How often, when you just you know, say you're grocery shopping or out there, do you get asked about this week's bingo, or will there be a winner, or where can I? KK, do you have any tickets in your pockets you can hand over, or that that kind of thing? Well, let me tell you, every single time, and and you know, I thought maybe the mask might give me a little bit of a break, but <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. But you, you know what, Raj you can also cut your hair off, Kathy. People well, recognize tr- you. 
true dad the 80s hair still reigns supreme uh but but raj can can also attest to this i mean the especially when the jackpot was so incredibly huge the number of people that would ask myself that would ask raj like i guess they figured we raj we had cards uh sitting in our garages oh just tucked away in our socks or something like that as you're walking around (laughs) i think that's really the what the perception was yeah definitely so here's the quote, Raj, from uh, Garth Rogers- Rogerson, who's the executive director of the Red River Exhibition Foundation. He said, quote, even during these tough times, it's important to give back. We are hearing many stories about people doing wonderful things for each other. Our foundation continues to see the value in investing in the young people of our province and really appreciates that our industry partners share a similar mindset. So what does the creation of these bursaries mean? Oh, I mean, it's it's going to be supporting, you know, the youth in our Manitoba in perpetuity. I mean, we've just really, uh, now that we've uh, just seen such amazing growth, we really wanted to establish something that would last forever rather than just be a flash-in-the-pan donation. So uh, partnering with Red River X has been uh, amazing for that. For you know, And th- I think it's just the beginning right now. Um, but, yeah, just to be able to support youth in Manitoba in perpetuity uh, is was uh, really important to us. And we've really been focusing on a lot of youth causes this past year. It's been amazing. So, KK, mm-hmm. one of these... One of these bursaries is in your name. What an incredible <laughs> legacy. What an honor. What yeah. will you be looking for in the young Manitoban who might receive it this year? Uh, and, you know, try and put into words how, how this feels. Well, I have to tell you, when, when Raj called me and, and told me that the club was going to do this for my 30th anniversary, uh, as he said, it's a good thing we didn't surprise you on air because they had talked about that as a scenario. Uh, I was a puddle, absolute puddle. Uh, what an incredible gift uh, the Kinsman Club has have decided to bestow. Uh, I am forever grateful. And so they gave me the ability to, along with the Red River X Foundation, to, to choose where the funds are going to go. And I decided, well, uh, creative communications, probably a good way, a good path (laughs) to choose. Uh, And so the scholarship, which is $1,500, or the bursary rather, bursary, $1,500, will be going to Red River and to a student in creative communications. And uh, the application details are available on the Red River X Foundation website. If you just type in redriverx.com and then backslash the Kathy Kennedy bursary, all the requirements are there. But uh, it's such a a beautiful thing. It's such a, uh, I'm so beyond humbled. And and the great tie-in is my mother was a teacher of CRECOM at Red River in the early 1970s, in the infancy of this course. So it's such a beautiful full circle moment, and I am forever grateful to the Kinsmen for uh, for bestowing the honour. Well, it's about legacies, right, and helping the next generation. So when you speak of your mom, what do you think she'd think now that there's a bursary in your name at the school she used to teach at, Kathy? You know what? She would uh, she would have tears in her eyes, similar to to the tears in my eyes when, uh, when I got the news. Um, Absolutely. Uh, and I know that my father, uh, this, this has just meant the world uh, to him. So I am so forever grateful. But it just speaks to what the Kinsman Club has done in this province, in particular, you guys, in the past year. 
the amount of COVID relief that they have uh, brought forward to various groups and organizations is astounding. Uh, they have good hearts, those guys at the Kinsman Club. Well, and that's cool to see CreeCom. That's exciting. I, I am a CreeCom alum, class of 2004. So that is uh, wonderful. So Raj, as we move forward, then I guess when uh, can we expect these, well, the first editions of these bursaries will be handed out? Oh, you know what? Actually, I believe they're handed out. Uh, I mean, the, the deadline for applying is May 14th. So I believe they're handed out uh, sometime near the end of June. Um, you know, I, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, Kathy. I'm not totally sure on that. I wasn't prepared yeah, for that, you but, know, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but it is a May 14th deadline to apply. Uh, so we should probably get the word out. Uh, I know we'll be talking about it on the show on May 1st uh, on Kathy's special 30th anniversary celebration. Oh, wow. <laughs> the accolades so just keep piling up, 30th, KK. Yeah, we've got a special 30th anniversary celebration on May 1st for uh, Kathy. So she's choosing a couple of $30,000 donations uh, in addition to, well, it, that was supposed to be the announcement of the bursary, but I guess we have to give a little bit more lead time for the application time. But, uh, yeah, uh, we'll be announcing the bursary on our show as well on May 1st. Wow. Yeah, it's, it, that's going to be an incredible night, you guys, because uh, we'll announce the bursary. We'll talk about that. Um, it, it's a special game where there's going to be, oh, I don't know, $30,000 guaranteed. Um, but also, uh, again, the gifts keep on coming. The, the Kinsman Club uh, allowed me to choose two charities to donate $30,000 each to. I mean, how incredible is that? Uh, and we'll be making those announcements on May 1st. What a gift. You are a gift, yeah. Kathy Raj, the kinsmen. They are a gift. Their gifts uh, continually support our community for decades and decades. When you look around, all the different things that have kinsmen uh, attached to them, uh, not only here in Winnipeg, but all across Manitoba. And of course, uh, we can go back to our days in Brandon, Kathy, and the Kinsman Arena. I spent yes. hour upon hour <laughs> inside the Kinsman <laughs> Arena. And before the sportsplex was completed for the uh, for the Canada Games, the best place on your schedule, it was always neat to play at Keystone Centre, but the ice wasn't necessarily the best. The best ice was always at Kinsman Arena. Absolutely. I think you did your fair share of skating there too, Kat. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, what happy memories, Greg. <laughs> Kathy Kennedy of the Kathy Kennedy Bursary and Raj Fangura, longtime Kinsman Club member and chairperson for the Kinsman Jackpot Bingo, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you so much, Raj. We appreciate the time. Thanks for having me on. And KK, thank you for the time as always. Congratulations. Well done. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.